everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports episode. Bob Gibson, Jonathan Bernier, Kyle Petty, AC Green, Kenny Easley, Rudy Tomjanovich, Gilbert Dion, Carlo Koliakovo. All right. Any other 45 you can think of, let me know. We're brought to you by the good folks at Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. I'm heading out there as soon as I'm finished this podcast. Ozzy is picking me up. As soon as we drop the mic here, it's off to Crosswinds because the fall colors are stunning and the course is in awesome condition and I can hardly wait. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Check out their many specials. Lots of them this fall. Still lots of golf left. We're also sponsored by John Vassos, the mortgage expert and a big Leafs fan. He's got lots to cheer about these days. John will negotiate on your behalf with lenders to ensure you get the best mortgage rates in Canada. John got me a great rate. He'll get you one as well. Contact John Vassos with any questions you have about mortgages. 647-533-1440. Today on the show, the Kawhi Leonard era has begun for the Raptors, and it's going to be a great ride. Even with the rust, this guy, man, he showed some moves. He's going to be a game changer. Speaking of superstars, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is lighting it up in Arizona, but teammate Kevin Biggio is struggling in the desert. You know, and it's just the Arizona Fall League, so we'll get into that a bit. The Red Sox dispose of the Astros in um, the ALCS. They lost the first. They won four more, three of them in Houston. Bang, 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 bang. Goodbye, Houston. And goodbye, Roberto Osuna. And David Price, welcome to the winners in postseason baseball. All that coming up, but first, kudos to Toronto Mike for episode number 385 of his podcast. I don't want to take anything away from episode 45 of Hebsey on Sports, but episode 385 of the Toronto Mike podcast was outstanding because it was about sports. Yes, thank you. Kind words from a, a guy whose opinion I have the utmost respect for. Thank you, sir. And that's the Scott Moore episode. So Scott Moore was the is, I guess, for another few days as of this recording or a while. He's on his way out as the 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 guy at Sportsnet, the last remaining, the last man standing from that big uh, NHL deal for five point two billion dollars and a lot of the personnel changes. And you got him on your. How did you get him on your show? First of all, because nobody gets someone like that, uh, especially in a long form interview where he names names. You know, he kicks ass and he names names. It's funny when you're in it, you don't realize how, like, what a good get it is. Like, you don't have that kind of awareness. You just, I had a bunch. I had Mo Berg on the day before, and I was just jazzed about Mo Berg being here. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, Scott Moore's coming in, and then you know, doing another one, and it's like you don't stop and realize that. Yeah, that's kind of unique, right? That yeah. he would come into some guy's basement and yeah. answer all of my questions. <laughs> some of them, except for one question, which we'll get to. Yeah, but but it was revealing because no, I mean, anytime you have ever heard people have ever heard Scott Moore talk, it's about uh, you know whatever the new programming is on the network, or you know we've hired you know Ron McLean is back, and uh, or, you know it's like a a PR short yeah. little PR bit about why uh, I don't know ice surfing is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like that's what yeah. you typically get, or he'll do something right. with a Rogers property yeah. where they control it. Yeah, right. But he's on his way out. He's got one week to go, and on his way out, I guess, and he's he's got a big trip to Australia planned. Like I think yeah. next Friday is his last. Well, don't day. give too much. Don't get too much away. <laughs> it's episode three eighty five of Toronto, Mike. I'm passing it along because it was, and I've probably listened to, I'm going to say I've listened to hundred and fifty of your episodes. Wow. I'm going to say more, not 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 half, but I'd say about hundred and fifty. Uh, some really really good ones. So check it out. And, and it's, because it's about sports, mm-hmm. I'm recommending it. See, I wouldn't recommend. 
you stop this podcast now to go and listen to any of uh, Mike's other ones, but this one happens to be about sports. And uh, <laughs> Except those Hebsey episodes. There's a bunch of good Hebsey episodes, including you kicking out the jams, which people should listen to. But Hebsey, uh, and I tell me if this is the right time to... to I'm going to ask it anyways. Listen, but you, you ask questions for a living, <laughs> and you're very good at it, so go ahead and ask away. So Scott Moore was here, sitting in the same seat. Scott Moore, the, the outgoing president of Rogers Sportsnet. And uh, NHL properties. And N- oh, and that. NHL properties. <laughs> yeah. Five point two billion yeah. over. So he's sitting years. there, and I, I said to him, you know, I, I let him know that, and I'm sure he knew. He pretended he didn't know, but for yeah. sure he knew. Hebsey on sports uh, is on episode forty four at the time, and right. I, I, and I said it's great. I said really, it's great, and I'm not saying that because I'm on it. It actually this when people when I tell people to listen to an episode of Hebsey on sports, they subscribe. Because it's just great. If Beautiful. You care at all about Toronto sports? So, so did you get uh, him to subscribe? Uh, <laughs> that would have been, been great. Probably already subscribed. To be honest <laughs> with you, but uh, so he's here, and I have a question because we talked about Jody Vance. Sure, I worked. She with, even well, sent in a clip. Yep. But I, in my memory, is and you can tell me now if I'm wrong. But I believe yeah. Jody Vance got pushed to. He got. She got moved to the 6 p.m. sports. Central? What was it called back then? Anyway. Uh, what was it called back then? Oh, my God. I Connected? Don't. Sportsnet News, I think okay. it was. No, it was before Connected. When I was there, it was before Connected. So many names. But okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I remember that I thought maybe that was the reason that Scott Moore pushed the legendary Hebsey out of Sportsnet because yeah. you got fired from Sportsnet. Well, what happened was, see, here's the deal. The word fired means is the same as your contract wasn't renewed. Mm-hmm. Right? The contract is a year. So everybody, as far as I knew, when I started there, everybody was like, you're on a one-year deal. And things go well after a year, like I guess at any other job. You know, unless you screw up royally or something happens, you you know, you know, start with a one-year. But this was a one-year deal. And uh, I won't go into it too much. But after one year, see, here, this was my job. Scott hired me. I was at Headline Sports, which is now Sportsnet 360. Mm-hmm. It was owned by John Levy at the time. Uh, and it's the score now, but I mean, it was a television network, right? Headline sports. That's where Friedman came from. That's right. Like Friedman that. came from there. Greg, Greg, Sansoni. Greg Sansoni. I worked with there. Tim and Sid. Uh, Tim and Sid. All those guys. I worked with all those guys. Uh, and what happened was I was working there and Scott Moore approached me and said, look, we really want, uh, we want you to come and anchor the six o'clock and six thirty. um, uh, Sportsnet, no, Sportsnet News, I think it was called. Anyway, okay. they were owned by CTV at the time. So uh, you know, I was pretty fairly proficient as an anchor. But what I found out when I got there was he kind of had sold me a bill of goods. First of all, I thought he was going to be my boss. But instead, he introduced me to a guy who nobody had heard of. He had just hired like a couple weeks earlier who knew really nothing about sports except for English soccer. Right? <laughs> and it was sort of his job to make sure that we kept up with TSN because TSN was... The only sports network up until that and point. a big head start. Huge head start. So the idea was, let's watch what TSN's doing, and then we'll, we'll see if we can do it better. When it should have been, no, 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 let TSN do what they're doing. Let's do something different. That's kind of why I was hired. Anyway, long story short, after a year of, of me doing the 6 o'clock sports for the East, which is uh, Sportsnet East, which is Montreal and all of uh, Eastern Canada, right? the Maritimes, right. I would do pretty much the same sportscast at 6.30 right afterwards, except just for the Ontario audience. So the lead story would change. The lead story would be, not instead of the Montreal Canadiens or something like that, it would be a, a, a Toronto story. That was at 6.30, so half an hour from 6 to 6.30. Then the same show, basically, except for a different lead from 6.30 to 7. Okay? That's your early evening sportscast, which doesn't exist anymore. People, they know. Nobody watches sportscast at 6 o'clock. But back then, that's what they did. Then I would go for dinner 
with Dave Duvall and Lloyd Robertson virtually every night. Wow. Starting at 7 o'clock, usually about 7.15, right, for about an hour or so. Then I'd have to go back to the studio and wow. do the 8 at 8.30 p.m., the same sports cast for Sportsnet West. Right. Right? Except a different lead story. You know, yeah, the, set up the flames. No, 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 oh, not no, Canucks. No, sorry, sorry. Pacific. Hey, hey. My, my apologies. I mean, yeah, this is 8.30. Right? I've already sorry. done two versions of the sports cast, the same sports <laughs> yeah. cast, different lead. Right. Now at 8.30, I'm doing one, which is 6.30 local time in Edmonton and Calgary. I'm doing one with a Calgary or Edmonton or Regina or Winnipeg base. Same rest of it. And then... And then at 9.30, which is 6.30 Pacific time, I'm doing one for Vancouver and for BC with a lead story, you know, centering around the Vancouver sports teams. Same, pretty much the same sports cast. So try doing that for a year. <laughs> I wanted to, seriously, I thought one day I would go in there and just shoot everybody, oh, like, wow. a, like Gone Postal, because it just was, became mind-numbing. Because to do a show, like imagine doing your show four times, Mike. Yeah. Same show, same same show. same show, but four times, but just slightly tweaking the lead story for whatever region you're. It's in. like working on an assembly right. line, you know, right? You and nuts. you're not even in that region. I'm living in Toronto. Do I give an f? What's going on in Regina? <laughs> I seriously. Instead, I'm coming. Hi, everybody. Uh, the Calgary Flames. Where you know I've won two of their last seven games, right. and they've scored 15 goals in 11. Yeah. And it's so now, as Scott Moore had mentioned to you, that six o'clock early evening sportscast is no big deal anymore. Right? You need something more than that. People can get their highlights everywhere. So there's this conference. So after a year, they didn't renew my contract. Anything beyond that, I don't know. Do I hold grudges? Of course not. But 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 when I uh, when when Scott Moore was talking about this, it's the only time in our you know eighty minutes, yeah, where he said. Um, I'm saving that story for my book. He's not. What no story stuff. is he saving for his book? I don't know. I don't Something know. Something went down. Did, I don't. Uh, you have a fisticuffs with uh, Scott Moore. No, not at all. <laughs> Some fist. Uh, listen, I was there for a year. He was off doing figure skating, baseball, basketball, because he was the super. See, he was in. He was in charge of programming. He was responsible for hiring all the talent, but he had other gigs. He was a producer. He was in the truck. With Rod Black doing figure wow. skating in Italy or whatever it was, so he wasn't there for the day to day operation of it. And I was like, I'm like Scott, you know, you hired me. I got to deal with this other guy here who doesn't like me. See, this guy, other guy, didn't like me either. He didn't like the fact that I had my own parking spot, and I drove a big Mercedes. He didn't like that. Who's this guy think he is? Right. So right off the bat, I was like, who's this, who's this Hebsher guy think he is? Driving a Mercedes with a parking spot next to the door. As if that, you know, made me a bad person. Anyway, um, where was I? Or was I anywhere, by the way? Hi, welcome to Have on Sports. Uh, <laughs> retrospective. As I've said many times before, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to lose some games this year. Maybe 20, maybe 25, maybe more. So far, they've lost twice this season in the first eight games. Still a pretty good record. Uh, and you include last night's spine tingler against the Penguins, which they lost 3-0. But don't let the final score fool you. The Leafs had 38 shots on Matt uh, Murray, the goalie for the Penguins. 38 shots! Mm -hmm. Zip! The man was impenetrable after missing three games due to a concussion, which leads to the question, maybe we should all take three games off with concussion and then come back strong. Problem for the Leafs wasn't just their inability to score. It's the 39 shots they allowed the Penguins to take on Freddie Anderson, who is returning from a one-game hiatus. He had a knee injury, tweaked it. He was fine, looked really good yesterday. Yes. And the Leafs could have won this game if the referees would have opened their eyes. All eight Eyes on the ice. Right. Eight eyes on the ice. Jake uh, Gensel high sticks uh, uh, Zach Hyman under the visor. Cuts him. There's blood. No, no penalty. Right. No showing of the blood. Remember? He's drawn blood, ladies and gentlemen. That's five in a game. <laughs> or at least a double minor for high. Nothing. 
Not at all. And let's and face it, it, with our power play, that's a exactly. game changer. Leafs had one power play. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 these referees, uh, Pierre Lambert and uh, Kelly Sutherland, called three penalties the whole game. Two against the Leafs. Pittsburgh was one for two in the power play with a, the, the only goal, really the only goal of the game, which was Anderson yeah. should have had it. Snuck it in Malkin. Okay. Bad goal, but one. Bad goal. Yeah. Morgan Riley was interfered with right in front of the referee on another play. Everybody in the place said, come on. Now I get it with the Leafs. Everybody is going, oh, Leafs, eh? Even the referees. Oh, yeah, Leafs are favored, blah, blah, blah. By the way, as of today, Leafs are 13% to win the Stanley Cup. Nashville, 15%. Tampa, 11%. That's according to NHL projections and probability page. Wow. Leafs are 35% to get to round three. That's all. One in three chance to get to round three. I don't like that. Well, Hebsy, I'm I'm not crazy about that at all. Other than Washington... I, oh, did the Kings make the playoffs? Yeah, the Kings did make the playoffs. Okay. Washington, the Kings are the only two wins we have against teams that made the playoffs. Well, that's just because of the way the schedule came out. But you've won six of eight. But what I'm just saying to you that, I mean, look, uh, you know, beginning of the year, they and Tampa were like the co-favorites at right. the beginning of the year. Right. And now the way projections are, and you know this, Mike, okay? They, yeah. they can change. These projections change every period. Right. They do. Every period. At the end of the first period, okay, tomorrow night against St. Louis, they're going to have... Bloop, 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 bloop. Leafs are now 11.7% to win the Stanley Cup, 33.2% to make the third round. Crazy. Crazy. I will say that game, uh, the scoreboard will say 3 nothing, right? But yeah. it was really a no. one nothing game. That's a one yeah. nothing game. And it was a bad goal. But yeah. I thought John Tavares had a number of like great chances uh, yeah, early I mean, on. Like we, we really, that's another game, it's kind of like the Ottawa game, where I feel like we could have won that game. You're going to get you're going to get nights where the goalie just can't be stopped, where he's just on his game, okay? And usually it's those nights, not the nights where you've got 17 shots on goal and he stops. He's the guy is just, you know, he's in he, right off the bat, he's making saves, 38 stops. Come on. I mean, you know, you got to tip your ca- and the Penguins have a talent-laden team. I mean, look, the Leafs don't have Crosby Malkin. Close though. No, not close. Though. No. No, because th- those two have been teammates for how long? How many years? And if you add Chris Letang, who's a, and no offense to Morgan Riley, he's still a young player. He's no Chris Letang, right? So let's look at it that way. And if you add a goalie who played like Marie did last night, you're just not going to beat them. You're not. All right? These guys have won cups together. They know what's going on. So let's wait a little while. Let's just wait a little bit while. And by the way, Sidney Crosby, and I, I, I hate to mention this, but I have to do it because it was in the notes. He had an assist on the Malkin goal which ties in with Daryl Sittler for 60th on the NHL's all-time scoring list. 1,121 points. 60th. Why am I telling you this? Because these stats come flying at you from all directions nowadays. You, you can't avoid it. NHL scoring leader Austin Matthews was blanked last night, So, uh, and along with the rest of his mates. So his streak, I don't know if you're aware of this, but that streak of seven consecutive multi-point games to start, it was snapped. I am I'm aware. sure he's losing sleep. I'm sure Austin Matthews is like, oh, my God, no one's going to ask me anymore about my streak of consecutive multi-point games, which ties me with Bobby or blah, 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 I think blah, Mario blah, Lemieux blah. had the record with uh, 12, I believe. Okay, let's, okay, uh, enough. And this leads me to the Connor McDavid story. Thank you, Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid not only is the best player in the NHL, but he's, he may be the most level-headed superstar in any sport. Really? At, a, at such a young age, yeah. Because Crosby was pretty level-headed. Uh, yeah, but Cros- I'm talking at the same age. I mean, this guy is a superstar player, right? But he's got a head, he's got a head on his shoulders. He understands things. So here's what happened. The other night, he, um, he had four points. They were losing to Winnipeg. They were getting their ass kicked, and he single-handedly brought them back. 
but he did not have an assist on the game winner by Darnell Nurse. So his his uh, streak ended. So anyway, the streak that he had was he had scored or assisted. Okay, he was I, he was part of. I'm trying to think of the expression they use. He was in on. What's the expression? He involved on the ice. He was involved. Whatever okay. the case was, he was part of the scoring of his team's first nine goals from the start of the season. Every one of the first nine goals that, that oh. Edmonton scored, he was part of the oh, scoring. Oh, you mean he got a, at least a point in each goal? Is yes, that he was part of each okay. goal. Part of each goal, okay? okay. So, yeah. so so people are like, hey, what do you think of this record? What do you think of this record? And here's what he says, Connor McDavid. You know what? It's whatever. I'm not over- overly proud of it. I don't think it's a stat we should be proud of either. And we found a way to get a goal there at the end so we don't ever have to talk about it again. Good man. Right? With disdain. Okay. With uh, like almost like I'm embarrassed to even be talking about this. This isn't a record, right? You don't win a cup with that lack. Yeah, of that. it's a nothing record. Like I said before, <laughs> if it's after five games, 10, 15 games or whatever, but not some random stat. And then then there's Paul Maurice, who I have tremendous respect for. I always liked Paul Maurice. I liked him when he coached Hartford. He was a very young coach when he, he was in his 20s, I think, when he coached Hartford back. So in the he, day. I thought it was Carolina, but was he with Hartford? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. hundred percent. So, and I've always liked Paul Maurice. Anyway, here's what he says about McDavid. He causes the pull, the gravitational pull on the ice. Everybody gets moving toward him, and it opens up other players. That speed is beyond what you see from any other player in the league. Yeah, that's, that's what I like. It's like, oh, he's got it. Everyone kind of goes towards him. He blows by them, and then he draws defenders to him and then opens up the ice. It's like what Kawhi Leonard's doing for uh, Kyle Lowry. It's a beautiful thing to watch a great player make players around him better by scaring the shit out of the defense, right? He's so explosive. Electrifying, I would say. He reminds me of Gilbert Perrault in the open ice. Electrifying. You get up off your seat and go, oh my God, he's he's just blowing by people. And that's the French connection? Yeah, that was him, man. He was was an electric. uh... Him, Yvonne Cornoyer, just guys who had great speed, right? Could just take off. Love guys like that. So, um... Yeah, so everybody loves Connor McDavid, but I don't know who came up with the idea to compare Connor McDavid with Austin Matthew. Where did that come from? Was it after you know, the media first companies games, need to talk about the right? Leafs? Right. It wasn't even that much fun while it lasted. <laughs> so here's the thing: when Austin Matthews wins a scoring title, then and only then can you compare him to Connor McDavid. You okay individually, not the team you play for. Can I ask? Only uh, if he wins the scoring championship. That that makes sense to me. Now I'm just a fan, but I I thought we had the crown, if you will, the crown. I thought was on Sidney Crosby's head, and then Connor McDavid. I guess we've decided has taken the crown from Crosby as the best player in the league. Is yes. Crosby? Yes, I but think Crosby's still in the conversation. Um, no, he's not because Crosby isn't the Crosby of old when he was the greatest player in the he, league. He it went would be back like, to back. Before it would be like last saying Gretzky's last few years was Gretzky the best player in the league. No, he wasn't. So you think this is the same thing? I feel like Crosby is still, uh, you know, just he's not that far removed from his the second Stanley Cup in a row. Like he's only a year removed. We're from not, that. but we're talking about the individual. No, I know, here, I know. We? We're making Maybe, up, uh, we're it's making my up bias the showing that I really like Sid the Kid, but uh, I like him too. But I mean, so if you were going to start your team, if you were going to start a team, that's a different question, though. Well, well so because uh, age is such a so huge wait a factor second. in that. The one. best player in the NHL, meaning what? Right now, who's the best player right now? It's probably Connor McDavid. It is Connor McDavid. But is and sec- I think Sidney Crosby second? might say that too. No, I don't know if he is or not. Because Crosby, uh, and if you took the age difference out of the equation. Well, come on. Now, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, it's like the computer fight they had with Rocky Marciano and uh, Muhammad Ali, <laughs> right? Mar- Marciano was already dead. They said, what would it be like if he was alive and they were in their prime? Like, come on. 
That's crazy. But if you're keeping score at home, Austin Matthews has 16 points in eight games, which would be an average of two points a game. Connor McDavid has 11 points in five games, which is averages out to more than two points. So there you go, advantage McDavid, okay, if you want to go <laughs> like that. In baseball, I always root for the American League East, even if the Blue Jays aren't involved. I just do. All right? And I thought the Red Sox all along were the best team, not just in the East, but in the American League, and probably in baseball. Look at the guys they signed. If you've got Chris Sale and J.D. Martinez on your team, you add those guys who are already a strong team. You've got Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, and you picked up Steve Pierce this year, and David, I mean, David Price, man. <laughs> so what happens is the guy who had the most trouble hitting of all of them, Jackie Bradley Jr., wins American League Championship Series MVP, comes up with the, comes up with the bases loaded, and is like magic. Wow. It's like Pat Tabler with the bases loaded. Unbelievable. And what do they do? They lose the opener to Houston at Fenway Park, and everyone's like, uh-oh, here comes that Houston, that machine. Nope, four straight wins for Boston, three of them in Houston. Imagine coming back to Houston. You're split 1-1. You're the defending World Series champions. You're healthy as a horse. You got home field advantage now, right? And you lose all three games at Minute Maid Park. All three games. You go out. You're done. You get beat by Bradley, Mookie Betts, Andrew Benintendi, all right? You, you got Craig Kimbrell on the hook, and you still can't win. It's tough to repeat, that's for sure. Really tough to repeat. Really tough. Yeah, and the Bosox didn't even have Chris Sale the last game. He has missed a start with a, a stomach virus or whatever. And by the way, he'll be perfectly healthy and ready to start on Tuesday when the Red Sox face and host either the Dodgers or the Brewers. That'll be a nice rest for these guys. Although, <laughs> I think when you're playing this well, you want to keep playing, don't you? I totally get your logic in rooting for the AL East team because uh, you want to show that this is why the Jays are not in the playoffs because we are in this great division. Oh, my God. And that's where the champion will come out of probably. You, that's why you root for the AL East team. I understand. I personally have such a distaste, such, a, I want to say, hatred for, who? for the Yankees and Red Sox that well, I actually why, why, root why? against them. Like I was rooting I get it, I get for it Houston. You, I get if you hated the Yankees because you hated A-Rod. Or you hated no, uh, man, whatever. It's that, uh, With Red Sox, it was John Farrell. I hated the Red Sox when John Farrell was It's the was uniform there I left. hate. Really? You yeah, hate? Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. Uh, uh, with all due respect to Babe Ruth, uh, George Herman Ruth, uh, yes. I, I, I uh, root right. against that uniform. Okay. All right. So you were rooting for Houston. Yeah. <clears throat> and I thought Houston actually had a chance. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I was very wrong. Well, let me put it this way to you. If Alex Bregman could hit the damn ball not at... Like not hit screaming line drives that were that forced Boston outfielders to make sensational plays. Not just outfielders. I think he got robbed by the third base. Alex Bregman should, to me, really should have been the playoff MVP. Even though, like, he just hit the snot out of the ball or walked, and and he he was flawless at third base. What a ball player! We saw some really great talent. There's some great great talent, but I got to tell you, I felt pretty good when I saw. Jackie Bradley Jr. hit that grand slam off Roberto Osuna after Osuna had hit two yeah. straight batters. And I, I felt, I felt kind of good. So there you go. Now, I know it's only the Arizona Fall League, and none of us have ever really seen a game, right, and know what the talent no, is like. I, no the idea. talent is not great down there. It's a development league. But anyway, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. still has is, is got Austin Matthews-like numbers. He's hitting 538 with an OPS of 1.297 after his first six games. How much longer does he need to play there in order to prove that he's ready? It doesn't matter. It's development. He's got to learn footwork at third base. He's got to learn all that stuff. Right. But 
On the other side, outfield prospect Kevin Biggio, who was a second baseman up until a week ago, is at the Arizona Fall League to learn to play left field. He's struggling. He's hitting 059. But I think that one of the things is they don't care what he's hitting. He's got to learn that position. But we have to cho- we either uh, can celebrate the greatness of Vladdy or uh, sort of see the negative in that batting. Like it's one or the other. Like either we this doesn't matter at all. Like you can't cherry pick that. Hey, we're excited about Vlad knocking the cover off the ball. Unless you're also going to say this is a troubling stats out of uh, Biggio. Right. But again, I think that um, we're looking at it from the standpoint of how did he do at the plate that day? And they're looking at it from, is he a better ball player than he was the day before? Have we taught him things here? Has he learned things about playing left field? Right. right. And that, that's what it's for. So, I mean, anything else is a bonus. Right. He could, they could be hitting zero because they're not really there to work on their hitting so much. Right. And it's not like they're simulating major league. It's not major league pitchers aren't out there. So it's not like you're failing against major leaguers. You're, you're, it's a whole different atmosphere. You just played an entire season, a hundred and some odd games. And now you're playing games that are basically meaningless as far as the winning the game goes. You're working on certain skills. Can I make a Hebsey on sports observation? No. 25 minutes deep. We haven't talked about probably the greatest Raptor team in franchise history. We're getting there. Hang on a second. (laughs) One more thing. Ed Sprague's name has come up as one of the five supposed finalists for the Blue Jays' managerial job. But at this point, it doesn't matter who manages the team. They They could announce whoever, and I wouldn't go, oh, not him. He's the wrong guy. I'm sure they're doing their due diligence, and there's a lot of prospects. And remember, yeah. okay, Alex Cora, who, by the way, turned 43 yesterday, the winning manager and the first rookie manager to take his team to the World Series, um... He was the bench coach for A.J. Hinch in Houston. This is where these guys come from. You know, you don't have to be a major league manager. All right. Are you happy now? We're 25 minutes in, (laughs) and it's great to see Kawhi Leonard in a Raptors uniform. All right? And I know... I know the the crowd at the Scotiabank Arena showed him lots of love, and that's natural stuff, and he likes it here. Okay? So let's embrace the fact that he likes it here after a win, and maybe when the season's over with, he might say, hey, I really liked it here, and we'll decide to stay. But for now, let's enjoy what this guy has to offer. And remember, you're watching a game, I did the other night, a guy who has not played an NBA game since last January. So think, of, put that into perspective. Like, let's say you hadn't walked in nine months, and you say, all right, go walk, right? Yeah, a little wobbly maybe, haven't done this in a while. Oh, how does this work, one foot after the other? Well, same thing. You can practice all the basketball you want. You can work out with the NBA's best players. Now let's go play. Let's play 37 minutes your first night. See what you're made of. thought the guy gave a pretty good account for himself. Okay, And once he gets a few games under his belt, he's going to be awesome. And he's going to make everyone around him better. So I'm going to tell you this right now. Watch for huge improvements this year from JV, Pascal Siakam, Lowry, Danny Green, Serge Ibaka is going to be hugely improved. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, C.J. Miles, DeLon Wright, and when he comes back from his injury, O.G. Will Norm be better? Norm will be better, too. Because this guy, like Connor McDavid, is going to create space. You're not going to know what to do with this guy. And it also allows Serge Ibaka now, I think, to move to play the five spot more than the four spot. I like him as a defender. I think he's going to split time at center with Valanchunas. I don't think you're going to see them on the floor together that often because that means that Ibaka's got to play the four. And he's got to go toggle back and forth between the four and the five. He's a great defender. Okay, so he can't shoot that well. So what? No big deal. But he'll come around, and this team is going to be, and they're playing Boston tonight, you see. 
So, you know, even though it's the second game of the season, this is your Eastern Conference final preview right right here. Boston looked so good against Philadelphia. And remember, Gordon Hayward is back after breaking his leg in the first game last year. And he's got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving. These guys are good. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Raptors are good. These guys are good. I mean, these two could go neck and neck the whole way. It could be very exciting. And their first matchup between the Celtics and the Raptors is tonight in Toronto. And let's face it, that the Cavs team without LeBron is not a scary beast. Uh, I watched that game, and that score was flattering to the Cavs. I know they closed it up at the end, but uh, in that game, I just want to say, Kawhi did a few things. Did you see how he dunked the ball, and then he palmed the ball yes. before it hit the ground? Yeah, like, the, I know. The guy's, guy's really good. But what I, was, what I took away from that game was, I was wondering about Kyle Lowry. He was kind of quiet. He looked a little moody. His best friend is gone. Like, I was worried about Kyle. But Were you really worried about him? Nah, you know, in, in that sports sense, okay? But, man, did he have a great game, he Kyle was, Lowry. He was fantastic. And here's the other thing. You didn't even see any. There was no chemistry between him and Kawhi. They just, it was only the first game. But there was one pick and roll they did where I was like, whoa, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of Lowry working the two-man game with Kawhi. They don't know what to do. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm very excited about the NBA this year. I'm really excited about the return of the league. There's some great personalities, some really, really good players. It's exciting. Um, before we go, two things. One, who is the first Maple Leaf, Toronto Maple Leaf, to wear jersey number 45? Because today is episode 45. So I thought, ah. And then I remembered I was there when he put the uniform on. I was there. That's a clue. It was his first NHL game, and it was in Pittsburgh. And I was there. I called the game. And it's like 45. I've never, this is the first guy to wear 45. So who was that? And no looking it up, okay? Come on. And the other thing is this. I, I'm very much against an assist on an empty net goal. Unless it's a direct assist. Like I pass it to you on a two-on-one, a two-on, and you knock yeah. it into the net. But so there should never be a second assist on an empty net goal. Never. I, I don't like the assist well, at all. Why I get is it, that but not than, the second uh... assist. Not the second assist. Because hockey's the only sport that has that. The second assist. On an empty netter, though. But you I, still second, need listen. to set up a play no, 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 to no, get no. an empty net. Not goal. on an empty netter. Not the second assist. Tell me, tell me the second assist. You get the puck, you fire it out. Your buddy picks it up, he fires it to the other guy who puts it into the empty net. How, how do you get an assist on that? I disagree. The first assist, not the second assist. Those are cheap because what happens is at the end of the year, you're going to get 10 or 15 of those. And you're going to go, oh, look at so-and-so at 95 points. Yeah, 15 of them were the second assist on empty net goals, especially nowadays when NHL coaches pull the goalie down one with seven minutes to go. Eight minutes to go. Four minutes. Who pulls a goalie with four minutes to go? You're down one. You've been peppering this guy with shots. That must be the analytics guys coming in to say that, hey, you have a better chance. It's got to be the sacrifice bunt equivalent of hockey, right? Do we bunt? It's a tie game. Do we pull the goalie? We're down one. Oh, my God. The goalies are getting pulled earlier and earlier, and it must be some some egghead who ran a report and said, our our probability of success increases by 0.04% if we pull our goalie now. Do you think think they talk that way? Yeah. That's how eggheads talk. Poindexter? Like Poindexter? (laughs) Like Dilbert. Uh, Not Dilbert, yeah. But my my friend, um, I disagree on the assist thing because that's a slippery slope. Next thing you're going to tell me is when it's a really weak goal, like when the goalie... No, 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 no. no. Empty net is an empty... Empty net. Oh, no. <laughs> okay? It's, it's designated empty net goals. So empty net goals have to be, and let's be honest, when you look at the breakdown, you see yeah. uh, even strength, shorthanded, power play, empty net. Because let's face it, okay? You could score the easiest power play goal in the world. Sure. It's not going to be easier than an empty netter. 
I say fill, your, fill, your, boots. fill your boots. Not going to be easier than empty net. Second assist on an empty net. Can I get somebody with me? I mean, because when you look, because we look at points. Look, he had 47 points in 54 games. Yeah, but, you know, he had, you know, he had seven empty netters. Okay, he had three of them in the same game. Ha- There's another one. Is it a legit hat trick if two of your goals are empty netters? Explain <laughs> yes. that one to me. Go ahead and explain that. Folks, honest to God, guy's got one goal. This happened. Who did it happen to? I'm trying to think. Guy had one goal. Yeah. He scores the empty netter with four minutes to go. To go. They leave him out there for the hat trick. They throw hats on the ice. He's got two of the three goals are empty netters. Come on. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. It's time to go. Folks, if you enjoy the show, and I hope you do because we enjoy doing it, please uh, tell your friends. All right? Share it. Retweet it. Write a review somewhere. Tell people about HebsyOnSports.com so that we can go to sponsors and we can keep this great show going. You love it. I love it. We love having you. So, uh, and any potential sponsors should go to HebsyOnSports.com because yeah. you can contact Hebsy via that form, meet him for a coffee or a beer, and uh, talk about uh, right. how to make people more aware of your business uh, services and products. We've only been on the air since May. Things are growing. Toronto sports teams are playing well. Things Lots are blowing up. Get on board. That's it for this edition of Hebsy on Sports episode. Uh, hmm, episode Aaron Asham. I'm just thinking of 45s. Brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Not just great golf, great people too. Just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto. (laughs) 45 minutes from downtown Toronto, but without the Toronto prices, go to crosswindsgolf.com. And John Vassos, the mortgage specialist, is our sponsor. He got me a great rate, and he can do the same for you. Mortgages are his specialty. He doesn't know how to cut diamonds, and he doesn't know anything about loans or lines of credit. Mortgages, 647-533-1440. 647-533-1440. Call or text John Vassos anytime. Thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. You've got to listen to Toronto Mike, episode 385. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode soon. Until then, so long for now.